0: is Catechesis. Today in our program we have Father Adrian Graffy continuing his Christmas Gospels. Father Adrian Graffy is the parish priest at the Catholic Church of Christ the Eternal High Priest, Gidea Park. He's a scripture scholar and member of the Pontifical Biblical Commission. He's going to be teaching us about the Christmas Gospels and he started yesterday with Matthew and today he'll continue with Luke. And you can again finish with his Christmas Gospels tomorrow with us at 4pm. This program will be rebroadcast and will be available as a podcast on RadioMariaEngland.uk, Spotify, Google Play, Apple, all the different types. But enough from me. Hello, Father Adrian. How are you? Hello, Helena. Very well, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I will...
1: My pleasure.
0: ...put down my microphone and let you take the floor.
1: All right. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. If you were listening yesterday, we looked at the first two chapters of the Gospel of Matthew. The chapters which focus on the birth of Jesus and they gave us Joseph as the as the hero really and also the fulfillment quotations that Matthew likes to use and before that was that long genealogy but today we're looking at Luke Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2 but there's much more material because these chapters in Luke are much longer than the chapters in Matthew and the basic structure, if you like, of Luke's infancy stories, stories of the infancy birth of Jesus, is that there are two births. There's going to be the birth of John the Baptist and six months later, the birth of Jesus. And before the stories of these births, we have the stories of annunciations. We all know the annunciation to Mary. But there's also before that the annunciation to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. And that's how the story begins. In the days of King Herod of Judea. Remember Herod from yesterday. Herod the Great. Herod who massacred the innocents. But it's in his time, according to Luke, that there was a priest called Zechariah serving in the temple. Married to Elizabeth, both were righteous, says Luke, living blamelessly in all the commandments and observances of the Lord. And Luke will stress that and also stress that in relation to Mary and Joseph. But Zachariah and Elizabeth were without children. Elizabeth was barren And both were advanced in years. And then we have this extraordinary event, much like the angel coming to Joseph, angel coming to Mary. The angel of the Lord, as Zechariah was in the temple serving, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was disturbed and overcome with fear. But the angel said, there are always God's words to us. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you will call him John. So this is extraordinary news for Zechariah. Elizabeth will finally conceive and they will have a child together. Then the angel elaborates a little bit on the child who is to be born, it be great in the sight of the Lord, he will be in the spirit and power of Elijah. Now Elijah it was thought would return at some point, and the Gospels constantly make a connection as Jesus himself does between John the Baptist and Elijah, the one who prepares the way, the the one who turns the hearts of fathers to their children, as it says in verse 17. Zechariah, of course, is amazed and he says, how can I know this? How can I be sure this is going to happen? The reply of the angel is, I am Gabriel. So The angel is identified as one of those angels we call archangels, Gabriel, the same who will appear shortly uh, to Mary too. You will be silenced. So he's bringing the the angels bringing good news. Zachariah is not sure of this good news. So he receives a sign. You will be silenced until this child is born. So Zechariah comes out of the sanctuary, and people are wondering what's been going on, and he can't speak. He could only make signs to them. And then the story of this Annunciation concludes. When his time of service was complete, he returned home. His wife conceived, and for five months she kept to herself interesting five months in a moment we're going to have the sixth month and she said the Lord has done this for me has pleased the Lord to take away the shame that I suffered so this is a really wonderful story of a wonderful event being announced to the parent in this case to Zechariah. But this is going to be eclipsed by what comes next, which, of course, is the annunciation to Mary of the birth of Jesus. And this is from verses 26 to 38 of chapter one of Luke. Of course, it's a very familiar passage to us. In the sixth month, it begins. And that's interesting. It's the sixth month of the pregnancy of Elizabeth. The angel Gabriel was sent to a town in Galilee called Nazareth. Now, that's interesting, because remember that in Matthew's gospel, they move, the Holy Family moves to, uh, to Nazareth, to Galilee, from Bethlehem at the end of the story. But for Luke, this is where they came from. And there is there the virgin Betrothed, engaged, as we heard also in Matthew's gospel, to a man named Joseph of the house of David. We know that from the genealogy of Matthew and also from Matthew's text in chapter one. Joseph is of David's line and the name of the Virgin was Mary. The angel salutes her with the words, rejoice, full of grace full of grace. This is the Greek word charis, and the expression kecharitomene means graced, full of grace. What a salutation. The Lord is with you. But Mary, as you would expect, is disturbed, just as Zachariah was disturbed. Mary is deeply disturbed and wonders what this means. And, of course, the angel says to her, same words we've heard to Zechariah, do not be afraid, and then you have found favour with God. You will conceive and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. Remember, in Matthew's Gospel, Joseph was told, you'll name him Jesus because he will save his people. Luke doesn't explain the meaning of of the name Jesus. But the angel continues. And the words that are used here are similar to the words of God to David in the second book of Samuel. He will be great. He will be son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will rule over the house of Jacob and his reign will have no end. So St Luke uses this opportunity for the angel to voice the identity of this child to be born, this Jesus born of Mary. And then Mary herself has a question, how can this come about? I do not know man, I have no knowledge of man. The angel says, this is where we get The same explanation we had to Joseph in Matthew's Gospel, that this conception of Jesus in her womb is the work of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. The child will be holy and will be called Son of God. And then, as if to confirm that God is at work in these events, The angel continues, your kinswoman, Elizabeth, in her old age, has conceived a son, and she who was said to be barren is now in her sixth month. Remember that sixth month from the beginning of the Annunciation story. She is now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible to God. And the response of Mary, here I am, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it happen to me as you have said. And the angel left her. And then we have this extraordinary action of Mary, not thinking of herself, she Having heard of the pregnancy of Elizabeth, she goes to the town of Judah. We think that traditionally the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth is at Ein Kerem, about five miles to the west of Jerusalem. She goes there. This is about 80 or 90 miles, but she travels to visit Elizabeth, who is elderly, but is her relative. She goes into Zechariah's house, and we have this extraordinary meeting, not only the meeting of Elizabeth and Mary, but the greeting which the child in Elizabeth's womb, John the Baptist, gives to the child in Mary's womb. The child leapt in the womb. And Elizabeth then is filled with the Spirit, And prophesies, she says, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, as words that we use in the Hail Mary. How has this happened, she says? The two women overwhelmed with what God is doing in them, for them. Blessed is she, says Elizabeth, who believed that what was said to her from the Lord would be fulfilled. And then in the following verses from 46 to 55, we have Mary's song of thanksgiving, which we call the Magnificat. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. Luke will insert these canticles into the infancy narratives. and Of course, this is a song which is prayed every evening in the church At evening prayer, at Vespers, the Magnificat, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. And this section then concludes with the statement, Mary stayed with her, with Elizabeth, some three months, and then went back. Then went back home. Three months, obviously, is going to lead to the time of the birth of John the Baptist. Mary surely was there when John the Baptist was born. And we are going to be looking in a moment, having looked at two annunciations, we're going to look at the story of the birth of John the Baptist, and then, of course, the birth of of Jesus Christ. But let's have a break now.
2: Yeah.
0: in the wilderness by the calendar years. This is Radio Maria and this is Catechesis and your speaker today is Father Adrian Graffy. He is the parish priest at the Catholic Church of Christ the Eternal High Priest in Gidea Park. He's a scripture scholar, a member of the Pontifical Biblical Commission, and the creator creator of whatgoodnews.org, where you can find so many lovely faith talks and teachings from many, many very impressive people showing up, including our very own Sister Gemma Simmons has a couple of talks on there as well. So thank you, Father Adrian, for joining us. Listener, he's been, he's been sharing with us about the Gospel of Luke today. So let's continue on.
1: Thank you, Helena. The Gospel of Luke, then. We've just looked at the annunciations, the annunciation to Zachariah of the birth, of John the Baptist. And, of course, the annunciation to Mary of the coming birth of Jesus And then we had the visitation in which the two mothers come together and the two children in the wombs salute each other. Now we come to the narratives of the births. And of course, the birth, the first birth is going to be that of John the Baptist. So chapter one, verse 57, the time came for Elizabeth to give birth. And she gave birth to a son, and her neighbours and relations rejoiced with her. That's all we have about the actual birth. But we have a very important section then about what happened on the eighth day when they came to circumcise the child and also to give him a name. And they wanted to give him the name Zachariah, God Remembers, but his mother, Elizabeth, was determined that he should be called John. Now, John, Yehochanan, just like Jesus, you have to unpack the name, the English equivalent, go back into the Hebrew original. Yehochanan means the Lord shows mercy. But they say nobody in your family has that name. So why should you give this child the name of John. But Zechariah asks for a writing tablet. Remember, he's still unable to speak. And he writes, his name is John. Now, remember that in the Gospel of Matthew, it's Joseph who's going to give the name uh, of uh, Jesus. And in earlier in Luke, it was Mary. But here it's the two parents. It's Elizabeth and Zachariah determined that this child will be given the name John. God is merciful. And how how evocative that is of what is going on, which these holy people, these faithful people are involved. The salvation that God is working out through his chosen ones. And then... Zachariah uh, can speak. So his nine months of silence has come to an end. And he pronounces what's known as the Benedictus, another long canticle, canticle that we actually use at morning prayer, at Lord's. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. And within it, we have those words, you, child, shall be called prophet of the Most High. You will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. There's that reference to the role of John the Baptist. God will give light to those in darkness and in the shadow of death and guide our feet into the way of peace. And then there's a brief reference to the child, John the Baptist, He grew up, he lived in the desert, until the day he appeared to Israel, until he he took on that public role of prophet. So much for the birth of John the Baptist. Now, of course, coming to chapter 2 of Luke, it's time for the birth of Jesus. And this is placed in a worldwide context, because... Joseph and Mary carrying the child have to go to Bethlehem to go from Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem because of the decree of the emperor Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus decrees that the whole world should be registered obviously for tax purposes and so Victims of this uh, oppressive, this oppressive empire that says you will do this or else, they have to travel uh, to down to Bethlehem, because Joseph, as we know, was of David's line. We've learned that from Matthew's gospel. So they came to be registered. He and his engaged mary who was with with child and it happened while they were there she gave birth to her son she gave birth to her son says luke a firstborn and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger there was no room for them well There was no room for them in any accommodation. There was no accommodation available. You can think of all the people going to Bethlehem for the census. Traditionally, we say no room in the inn, but of course, it's not quite an inn. It's room for accommodation where they might uh, have some privacy, have some comfort, but none of that is available. So they're there with the animals and the child is laid in the trough in the animal's trough in the manger so that's the situation of entering into our world one thinks of so many people these days who have to travel who are refugees so many children who are born in similar circumstances in circumstances of great need and obviously at christmas we think of them we Pray that provision, more provision needs to be made of our brothers, for our brothers and sisters who lose their homes, who are forced to flee for whatever reason. And then in verse eight, we have the added uh, aspect of the shepherds nearby. The shepherds in the Shepherd's Fields. If you go to Bethlehem, there's an area outside Bethlehem called Shepherd's Fields. The shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch, and suddenly the angel of the Lord appears. And not only the angel of the Lord, but a whole gathering of the heavenly host. The angel of the Lord stood over them, and the glory of the Lord shone. Now, this is something really quite extraordinary that is expressing the amazing nature of what has happened, because this child, the Son of God, has been born. And there is this celebration almost. Of course, the shepherds are terrified. Once again, the angel says, do not be afraid. And then I bring you good news. I bring you the gospel, I evangelize you, a good news of great joy. So the angel is made the spokesperson of what we believe. A savior has been born to you in the town of David. He is Christ the Lord. Now, it's very interesting that Jesus is given the title savior. In Greek, the original Greek of the gospel, soter, salvator in Latin. And that title was given to Caesar Augustus, the saviour. So here we are now proclaiming that the real saviour is not the emperor in Rome with all his power, but this child born, given to us from God. He's a saviour. He is Christ. He is the Lord. And then those shepherds are given some indication. A sign will be given you. You'll find the baby in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And then there was the great uh, throng of the heavenly host singing glory to God and peace on earth. So we have this rather extraordinary scene in the fields. The message is announced, not as it was in Matthew, to wise seekers after the truth, but to people who lived in poverty, the ordinary shepherds of Bethlehem. And then the story goes on, of course, as we know, The shepherds say to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has been made known to us. What is going on? And they go and find Mary and Joseph and the baby in the manger. How extraordinary. We get so used to these words and these scenes that perhaps we don't appreciate what's really going on. The child laid in an animal trough because there's nowhere else to put him. And when they saw it, they made known what they had been told. They said, well, we we were told this. There was a divine communication to us. And then... Everybody is astonished. So there's obviously some commotion, as there would be, around the birth of a child in the stable, lying in the manger. And St. Luke finishes the scene of the birth of Jesus with Mary. She treasured all these things and she pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as they had been told. So we have this scene of the birth of Jesus. And then as we do with, as we did with John the Baptist, we have reference to the circumcision. When eight days were complete to circumcise the child, he was called Jesus. Remember that it was at the circumcision that the naming of John took place. Similarly here in verse 21, Luke chapter 2, they came to circumcise the child. He was called Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived in the womb. And of course, the circumcision is also an indication they are Mary and Joseph people who follow the Jewish law and Jesus himself follows the Jewish law he is subjected to the rite of circumcision on the eighth day just before we come to a conclusion let's just spend a few moments on the following story which is the presentation in the temple And this continues that theme that Mary and Joseph will do for him whatever is right and proper according to the liturgical and religious law of their day. They take the child to present him to the Lord in the temple and also for the purification, as it was called, of the mother. And it's there in the temple in Jerusalem so remember we've we've we have them in Bethlehem we haven't had them return to Nazareth, so they're still in Bethlehem, and they bring the child and this is uh when the days were complete, well, this is the fortieth day. They bring the child to the temple, and there they are met by Simeon, the just man, devout man who was looking forward to the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was with him. And he knew that he would not die before he saw the Messiah. He came to the temple and received Jesus in his arms Mm -hmm. and said those famous words, what we call the nunc dimittis, the short canticle that we use at Compline at night prayer. Now, Master, You can let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the presence of all nations. And then he says, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. A light for the Gentiles. That reminds us of Matthew and of the Magi and of the star seeking the light of salvation. And we'll see tomorrow in John's first chapter, the word was the light. So Simeon gives this prophecy. He then has some very moving words to say to Mary, a sword will pierce your soul too so they are aware the evangelist aware is aware of how mary how closely mary shared in the destiny of jesus and then of course there's not only simeon but there's also anna anna the prophetess who spends all her time in the temple and who comes at that moment and praises god and speaks about the child to all who look forward to the deliverance of Jerusalem, Simeon was seeking the consolation of Israel. When it comes to Anna, we talk about the deliverance of Jerusalem. Interesting, interesting phrases. And then verse 39, when the parents had completed everything according to the law of the Lord, They went back to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and God's favour was on him.
0: If you've been enjoying Father Adrian Graffy's lovely talk about the Christmas Gospels with Luke, please do give us a call. The number is 01223 375 Father Adrian would love to hear your reflections, your questions, or your thoughts on the Gospels, the Christmas Gospels. Again, the number is 01223 375 five, five, six, four. is Radio Maria and this is Catechesis with Father Adrian Graffi. Father Adrian, thank you for sharing with us all about Luke, the Christmas Gospels of Luke. I thought it was fascinating that Luke is the, the gospel that shares the shepherds and the angels. If I remember, you said Matthew doesn't do that. Is that right?
1: That's right. Yes. So in fact, what we have in the crib is a bringing together of what Matthew and Luke tell us. I and love it. Yes, I mean, the shepherds, it's quite natural that on the outskirts of Bethlehem, if you go there today, you can see that there's there's that kind of environment, that it would be shepherds, that the wise men, that's something quite different, that's visitors from afar. So to keep them separate, as we do actually in our cribs in the church, we don't put the wise men in, until the 6th of January. They may be walking, they may be at some distance in the church on a windowsill or something.
0: <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what we do. We have ours each day, they like move a little bit closer. <laughs> yes, and
1: then eventually we have from Luke, the ordinary people, and from Matthew, the people who are really searching influential you know bring precious gifts so it's as if the gospel is telling us well it's all these people it's everyone are welcome and everyone can discover in jesus the christ the gift of god which is a, a wonderful thing and that's what christmas is about really and the challenge that that represents that we're brothers and sisters it's a very important lesson
0: oh, it's true it's true been to bethlehem at christmas. I uh,
2: have yes,
1: I was there two or three years ago. And uh yes, it's a very very beautiful to go to those places obviously. As I said, go to the shepherds fields. You've got this idea of well, who knows where those shepherds were, who they were, but that tradition that the ordinary people, the humble people were the first to welcome the messiah because he was born into Need and humility and. Uh,
0: I love so. that. I love that. When um have when you go, can you tell us a little bit about the experience? Like, I guess there's no longer shepherds there. Um, but, but is there like uh, a cave that you can go to to see the main? Uh,
1: I'm not sure about a cave, but certainly there's some open space there, which is, know, uh, a way of remembering the story, really. I don't think we can be sure this is the exact spot, etc. But uh, whereas for the actual place of the birth in the in the church of the of the Nativity, uh, there's a pretty pretty firm tradition that this is the place of the birth of Jesus. Because of the really important thing is that Jesus came, etc. <laughs> <But not
0: that. laughs> so. Cribs, so Saint Francis was all about the cribs, so in my yeah. mind he must have really per- i don't know <laughs> let's not pick favorites, but he may have picked uh, Luke as his favorite since he includes in his nativity scenes all the different animals and the shepherds
1: yeah, yeah, I mean that's the star, but then you know you've got the you've got the kings as well <laughs> <That's the wide laughs> men.
0: oh just Fran- oh, does Saint Francis include the kings as I- well?
1: well, I hope so
0: why not why not? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then you look at the—I mean, there's a every year there's a huge crib in St Peter's Square, and, and and the tendency is to sort of add different groups of people, more modern people, different people, because that's what the crib says, and I think that's what St Francis understood. It's for it's for all people. They're all welcome. Nobody's too, you know, you don't you you don't have to be afraid to approach the child in the manger.
0: No, have you put up the crib yet in your parish the...
1: well, we it's interesting we have the we have the kind of shed bit and we've got a few animals around <laughs> and over the next few days we'll be moving towards putting the more important figures in there so that uh, for the midnight mass we've got uh, obviously we have Jesus there, and then on the sixth of January we'll have the wise men as well.
0: Oh, nice, nice. There is some, I'm not sure who told me about it. It was one of the Franciscan monks I was talking to and he said that one of the fun uh, little games that when he grew up was finding the mouse in the crib. So they would, in his parish, they would hide a mouse and each year you had to go, where's the mouse? Where's that mouse? And it was a fun idea for the parishioners.
1: Yes, yes, it's... uh... Yeah, I mean all those things are help us to sort of reflect on the what you might call the normality of it all, even though it's extraordinary. <laughs> it's extraordinary it's coming into the ordinariness of our of our lives, you know.
0: Definitely. All right. Listeners, do you have any other questions for Father Adrian Graffy? Or you ha- would you like to reflect on your crib or the shepherds? The phone number is zero one. Two two three, three seven five, five six four. Again the number to join our community and speak is 01 2, 2, 3, 3, 7, 5, 5, 6, 4. This is Radio Maria, and this is Catechesis with Father Adrian Graffi. Today he has been sharing with us about the Christmas Gospels of Luke. Father Adrian, I have a very difficult question for you, which is perfect. Oh. You're a biblical scholar. You, you worked on the biblical commission. You know your stuff. <laughs> this is a whopper of a question.
3: Okay.
0: Ready? Which gospel does a little drummer boy Play for the Lord.
1: I think (laughs) probably the little drummer boy is at home both in Matthew (laughs) and in Luke because uh, they're both about people, unexpected people coming, whether it's the shepherds or the wise men. So, and you know, those scenes it's very easy oh it's christmas and that's it but they actually are opening up the whole gospel because matthew's gospel opening up the preaching not only to the jewish people but also to the gentiles and that will be part of how the gospel of matthew develops and of course luke's gospel opens up to the poor he's come to bring jesus says good news to the poor, you know, to the poor, to the sinners. So that vision of of a gospel for all, drummer boys, drummer girls, they can come as well.
0: Oh, I love that idea. That was a full new idea of me for when I read the gospels now. I was like, oh, Excellent. I look Excellent. forward to hearing what John, oh, don't tell us, because tomorrow at 4pm, Father Adrian will be telling us about the Christmas Gospels of John. So, hoo, 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 what does that set us up for? Father Adrian, have you ever been in a nativity play?
1: <laughs> oh, well, that was quite a few years ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which parts did you play?
1: I can't even, I think Joseph. I, think I'm, I think I'm a Joseph
0: I played yeah. a Mary. I, I didn't like it though, because she never had any lines when I pla- when I played it. I mean oh. I've seen there's lots of and so I always wanted to be the angel. <laughs> never had a voice oh, for right. it. Never the singing yes. voice.
3: <laughs> yes.
0: Oh well. Oh well. If anyone's <laughs> listen Father Adrian, if you plan on doing a giant nativity next year, remember you want Helena as your angel.
1: <laughs> oh right. Yes. Oh well. Well <laughs> well think about
2: that. <laughs>
0: i'll clear my schedule for you oh thank you so much father adrian for joining us this today like i said listeners he'll be back to finish us off with the christmas gospels of john tomorrow at 4 p.m father adrian before i let you go though i can't let you go without saying a prayer and giving the listeners a blessing
1: okay so let us pray pour forth lord your grace into our hearts Once, through the message of an angel, you revealed to us the incarnation of Christ, your Son. Lead us now through his Passion and Cross to the glory of the Resurrection. We ask this through Christ our Lord. And may Almighty God bless us all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Father Adrian.
1: Thank you very much. God bless. God bless.